Hello, Late Seating listeners. This is Jason, and I'm here to tell you that we've opened a little video rental store. If you go to the Let Me Listen podcast website at lemmelistenpodcast.com, and then go to the podcast menu and click on the Late Seating All Night Video Rental, you'll find a page that has a link to every single movie we have ever reviewed. If you click on that link and rent from that link in Amazon, a little money comes back to the show. So if you want to help us out, click on that link. If you find out at the end of this show what the next movie is going to be and you don't really want to go and have all the hassle of looking for it, go to the link and click on that. You'll be watching the movie that we're going to review next and you'll be helping us out a little bit. If you don't, that's fine too. Anyway, here's that thing we did. You know, the the podcast. Bye. What's the matter with you? you got to be crazy chasing me halfway across the country. Why are you doing this to me? Because all my life I wanted to have a movie review podcast co-hosted by a frog. And you're the key, Greenie. Yeah, well, I've got a dream too. But it's about singing and dancing and making people happy. That's the kind of dream that gets better the more people you share it with. And, well, I found a whole bunch of friends who have the same dream. And... And it kind of makes us like a family. Who are your friends? Those guys? I got lots of friends. Jason, for instance. Run, Kermit, he's a friend to no one! <sighs> Jason. I don't think you're a bad man. And I think if you look in your heart, you'll find you really want to let me and my friends go to follow our dream. But, but if that's not the kind of man you are, and, well... What I'm saying doesn't make any sense to you. Well then, go ahead and kill me. (sighs) All right, boys. Kill him. I warned you, you stupid frog! The flame is okey-dokey. Good, roll film. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Late Seating. I am Jason Harding. And I'm Steve Shives. And on this show, we take a classic film and see if it lives up to its reputation, whether that reputation is good or bad. And this time around, its reputation is good. Right, Steve? Oh, yeah, it is uh, quite good, I have to say. Sure. Everybody loves this movie. <laughs> Agree with me. Everybody every, does. Every single human being on the planet Earth. Born and not this born. Movie. <laughs> yeah, everybody, everyone who has ever lived and ever shall live. If we took this movie and we showed it to ancient Greeks, they'd go, they'd be curious at first and scared of our magics, but then they'd laugh their asses <laughs> off, right? Yes, absolutely they would. That's right. <laughs> what movie are we talking about, Steve, that everybody seems to love? The what movie are uh-huh. we talking about that when I saw it when I was a child, I didn't realize at the time it was corrupting me. It was destroying me from the inside, Steve. <laughs> what movie are we talking about? We're talking about the very first. What movie made me take puppet making classes at, at 12 years old uh-huh. when all my other friends are talking about girls? Where's Jason? Oh, he's learning how to hot glue foam together so he can make puppets. What movie was it? (laughs) We're talking about the movie that ruined your life. It's the one and only The Muppet Movie. Oh, 
Never before has such a movie had so much to answer for. <laughs> there was a one-two punch in the 70s for me, Steve. Do you want to uh, know what that one-two punch was? What was that one-two punch? Monty Python and the Muppets. Oh, well, it's two pretty good punches. Yeah, and I know. It's still yeah. two, it's two pretty good punches, but it made me into that kid. Oh, yeah. The one that quotes Monty Python and loves the Muppets. You basically or, had no chance after that. would have pictures of these homemade atrocities <laughs> on my hand quoting Monty Python. <laughs> I would do the argument sketch by myself with the puppet in my room. But but now everyone listening to this show is enjoying uh-huh. the fruits of that labor. Um, uh, everyone, I think I don't think everyone on the show knows that I had a you have a YouTube channel that is completely populated by puppets, right? No, they should. No, but they no, probably no. Don't. I've been taking a break from it because I can't stand YouTube anymore. But it's coming back, right? And yeah. it's coming back. And and I love puppets more than I like people. And it's wrong <laughs> because it's the most narcissistic relationship you can have with yourself. Steve knows. He's been my friend for a long time. And when I start talking about puppets, his eyes kind of <laughs> glaze over and he looks up at the sky. He's like, oh, God. Why do all of my friends have to have problems like this? <laughs> he's going into puppets again. <laughs> oh, Jesus. He doesn't need to hear from me about how the greatest puppet performance in movie history is Yoda from Empire Strikes Back, do I, Steve? No. And the second greatest one is Audrey 2 from Little Shop of Horrors. No, I, you, I'm well aware of I haven't of both told of you them. that one. Yeah, no. I know. It's, it's okay. I'm fine. It's, I'm fine. It's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. Just, but, guys, when you, when you watch the movie, just remember that somewhere out in the world in 1979, I was 10 years old. I was a little 10-year-old kid. I like Sesame Street, sure, but I wasn't like, Boo. and then the Muppet Show came on, and then that was like, what? And then they became the Muppet Movie, and that wrecked, that wrecked me, that wrecked me, Steve. That wrecked. <laughs> Ready to review a movie? <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna say you, you, uh, you seeing the Muppet Movie. It was like a young Truffaut seeing Citizen Kane, and. <laughs> Your, don't don't even how dare you your mind no it's not your mind was open to places you would never <laughs> even consider like before disheveled jim henson leaning out of an alleyway going hey kid <laughs> you want to learn how to do puppets and never touch a girl's boob which didn't happen it didn't i learned to keep my puppet obsession for the most part to myself i did not manifest itself in high school it did, however, lead to some weird conversations when my girlfriend would inevitably find a suitcase full of puppets in my closet. And I'm like, oh, they're just, they're, they're just, pu- I'm puppet, they're my friends, they're my friends, and I talk to you, talk to them about you. That's what it happens, it's just, it's nothing, it's okay, I'm never alone, I'm never alone. They're always in my head. You're not supposed to see that! Are you guys starting to understand why I waited almost five years before reviewing one of these fucking things? <laughs> oh, you ready? To, do you have any trivia, Steve, for the movie? I do. I have some trivia that I mean. I, I know all of it. <laughs> I was just going to say, hopefully the listeners haven't heard all of this, but I'm quite sure you know all of it. Um, well, this was the first feature film 
to show us hand puppets with their entire bodies visible on screen. Oh my god! Um, there are uh, there, and I mean, not for the whole movie. Obviously, most of the movie is still sort no. of standard puppet stuff, where they're you know they're behind something, or there's a place for you know outside of the shot for the puppeteer to hide. But there right. are a couple of major <laughs> shots where you see like Kermit's entire body or Fozzie's entire body, yeah. and and they're doing stuff. They're talking and moving. And this was yeah, the first the fucking movie. things. They got dicks. Yeah, exactly. No, that's a different movie. Um, oh darn, sorry. They and and this is the first movie to show us that, and that was one of the big things that Jim Henson and and his collaborators wanted to accomplish. Is you know we have a bigger budget, we have a bigger canvas to paint on. We want right. to do stuff with this that we can't do on the Muppet Show, and that was the big thing. Um, and one of the most difficult of those scenes to pull off was actually the very first scene in the movie where Kermit is playing yep. the banjo and singing uh, in his swamp. That scene alone took five days to shoot, and mm-hmm. Jim and Jim Henson had to be submerged under the water of the swamp <laughs> in a steel drum yep. with with an air hose and a monitor so he could see what he was doing, and a mm-hmm. little and a little rubber sleeve that so it would be watertight that he reached up through to puppeteer Kermit right, uh, right. for that shot. So when you when you see for Kermit, you. yeah, exactly. When you see that shot of the movie and you see Kermit playing his banjo and singing his song, just think that yeah. to get that shot not just the and shot by the, whole the way scene. Yeah. the outtakes from that are hilarious i'm sure they because are because it'll be someday you'll find it <laughs> <laughs> oh god the water's coming in <laughs> get me out of here somebody get me out of here the monitor's electrocuting him <laughs> Oh, God, it's like the Apollo 1 tape. Oh, my God. Hey, hey, that's the oh, darkest joke I've ever hey told oh. on the show. That's the darkest joke I've ever told on the show. You're correct, sir. Oh. Yeah, so there's that. Holy and also, shit. <laughs> and also, moving on from that with, 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 with Rapid Can Steve. we move on from that? <laughs> Do we have a show? Is there a way to move on from that? Oh. Oh, oh, that is... You know those astronauts that we talk about that we love so much? That we idolize? Steve just took a shit on actual deaths. (laughs) Can I, can I just say that is both a, a highlight and a low light of my entire, (laughs) of my entire career on this podcast. I feel um, bad for being so proud of it. (laughs) Um, another little bit of trivia... Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know what it is? You know what it is? What is it? In Temple of Doom, when when Indiana Jones is under the the blood of the the control of the blood of Kali uh, and they they have him whip Short Round? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh no, 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 that's not it. When he hits Short Round, right? He hits him, yeah. He gets this look on his face that at first is like I can't believe I did it, but then smiling that he's happy that he did it. That's that feeling. I've never seen it in any other movie. Exactly. And that's the look that Steve had on his face after he made that joke. I was. It was. It, there was a certain pride in it, yeah. <laughs> it's just certain, like, oh, man, I can't believe I did that, but I did it. Uh, <laughs> Ten midnight tonight. Can you please take it out? No. <laughs> oh, it's done. The episode is done. It's I already uploaded done. it. I've already sent it out. <laughs> no! To their families. To their families. <laughs> Excuse me, Mrs. White, Mrs. Chaffee. <laughs> Just thought you'd like to know what my podcast partner said. I didn't say it. During a review of a children's <laughs> of a film. Muppet movie. She would have been like, oh, what, were you like reviewing Apollo 13 or something? No, the Muppets. No, no, no. The Muppets. No, the Muppets. <laughs> the Muppet movie. <sighs> 
<laughs> this astronaut, astronaut's wife life just gets better and better. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> I'll just be taking the sponge cake back, and you get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> just leave me in peace. Anyway, here's some more trivia. Yeah. yeah. You had more, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I had one more. Um, okay. Uh, well, Miss Piggy's big song in the movie, uh, where she has her fantasy sequence with Kermit, uh, Never Before, Never Again. Yes. That song was originally recorded for the film uh, by Johnny Mathis. Oh. But they decided... Never to, before. Yeah, exactly, you can, yeah, you can hear him. I don't, I've never yeah. heard his version, but you can easily. You can hear Johnny Mathis singing it in your head. And... Uh, mm. Uh, they went with the version with Miss Piggy actually doing the vocal because uh-huh. they thought that version was funnier, which I think it is was funnier. I, I, I think that was the right move. Yeah. <laughs> also, they had two Studebakers in the movie. Um, they had one one Studebaker that uh, Fozzie get would dri- get to drive around with the puppeteers puppeteering in the front, and they put the engine. They put the controls. Just a second. Someone's drag racing down our street. They put the controls. <laughs> now we live in like the same neighborhood on different coasts, Steve. They put yes. the controls in the trunk so the guy could steer it around and it would look like the Muppets were actually driving it. And the camera for that guy's monitor was in the little uh, hole in the front of the Studebaker. And then they had another regular fucking Studebaker. The regular people could drive. Yeah, I've Isn't heard of great? Like, the, uh, the, the lengths they had to go to to get some of these shots are just extraordinary well there's kermit riding his bicycle yeah which was like a a marionette type of thing yeah and then there was the puppet that um mel brooks picks up and puts into the um electronic serumbrachtomy or mr machine as he likes so hair machine is what he calls it but um that was a, a radio controlled puppet yeah that and that became they used that technology later on on fraggle rock with the dozers oh yeah okay and that's the kind of technology that henson was so here's another thing about jim henson jim henson um, was one of those leaders in animatronic work in movies that other companies that were doing the same stuff would steal from constantly <laughs> and or borrow. Yeah. Um, and by the end of the 80s, animatronic work was getting so good that I am still pissed off that CGI came around because yeah. it was like... I, I don't usually quote this, but Chucky from the Child's Play movies looked like he actually talked. His mouth movements matched what the puppet was saying. Yeah. Audrey 2, which is what we mentioned before, which is a massive puppet, had lip movements that talk, and the way they did that was they actually shot it slow. They shot it slower. They slowed down the song, and then they would match what the song was saying, and then the, what you would see of Audrey 2 was sped up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and Jim Henson was behind that, and, you know, Dark Crystal and Labyrinth and all the other movies that he worked on they also worked on other films other films were lucky to get them but you know that's just I'm just I fucking hate CJ <laughs> <laughs> anyway any more trivia Steve? no that's it okay ready? we're gonna talk about who made it now let's ready? talk about who made the movie okay it was directed by James Frawley James Frawley did a lot of TV yes and not a whole lot of movies he was no. also an actor, and he appears briefly as a waiter in this movie. It's produced by Jim Henson. Do I? Do I have to? Do I have to? If you're of a certain age, this guy is responsible for a lot of your childhood yeah. and a lot of my therapist appointments. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. <laughs> If I could go back in time and do one thing, and that would be convince Jim Henson of a couple of things. Sitting in a garden is good for you, and so is Western medicine. Yeah. Invest deeply in those two things, Jim, and you won't die of some of fucking pneumonia. Stupid. 
Ooh! Anyway, <laughs> written by Jack Burns, who is a comedian and an actor. He worked with uh, the Muppets a lot, worked on the Muppet Show. Yeah. And Jerry Jewell, same deal, except Jewell almost worked exclusively with the Muppets. Starring Jim Henson as Kermit the Frog, Ralph the Dog, Dr. Teeth, and Waldorf. Oh, and the Swedish chef. <laughs> Frank Oz as Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Animal, Sam the Eagle, Marvin Suggs. Jerry Nelson as Floyd Pepper, Crazy Harry, Robin the Frog, Lou Zealand and Camilla the Chicken, Richard Hunt as Scooter, Statler, Janice, Sweetums, Beaker, Dave Goles as the Great Gonzo, Zoot, Dr. Bunsen, Honeydew, Doglion, and Carol Spiney as Big Bird! I would have willingly murdered people at the age of 12 to go work for Jim Henson. Oh, my God. It seemed, yeah, it would have been a dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now for the boring human people. <laughs> Charles Durning is Doc Hopper. You know Charles Durning. He's been in tons of stuff. He's, I mean, what else is what else is, was most notable? He was in oh, Tootsie oh, and... Dog Day what? Afternoon was my favorite. Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. He's a great actor. He's a great actor. I think my favorite is my favorite performance by him is one of his last performances, and that was in Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. <clears throat> playing almost the same character. Yeah, 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 very true, very true. <laughs> same costume. He yeah. probably approached him and he said, well, I have the same costume. <laughs> you know what she did, did the in the Muppets? Movie. Do that. Do the Muppet thing. That's all we need. Austin Pendleton is Max. You'll recognize, recognize him. He's a character actor. Yeah. Wasn't he in Short Circuit? He's the stat guy. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Mm. Scott Walker as Snake Walker. Hmm. Oh, boy, nothing. Really Lawrence hurt themselves Gabriel coming up with that character yeah. name. Lawrence Gabriel Jr. as Sailor, Ira F. Grubman as Bartender, H.B. Haggerty as Lumberjack, Bruce Kirby as Gate Guard, Tom Madden as, well, it says it here, I have to say it, it as One-Eyed Little Person. It doesn't say Little Person. It doesn't say Little <laughs> No, person. it doesn't say that. Okay. James Frawley as Waiter at the El Slizo Cafe. Arnold Roberts as Cowboy. Melinda Dillon, uncredited as a woman with balloon. <laughs> Why in the fuck was Melinda Dillon in this movie uncredited as a background player? That's a great question. It wasn't like she wasn't famous. She had just... Yeah. She did... She just did the, 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 the Flying Saucer movie. The Close Encounters. Close Encounters, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dom, okay, so here are the cameos. You ready? Oh, boy, Dom there's Delu a bunch of them. Dom DeLuise is Bernie. He's based on Bernie Brillstein, the, the Muppets agent. The Muppets had an agent. Well, technically Jim Henson, but I mean right. the Muppets themselves had an agent, and that was Bernie Brillstein. He's a famous Hollywood agent. Big time. James Coburn as El Slizo Cafe guy who gets thrown out. We'll talk about that later because I don't want to ruin a punchline into a, a really old bad joke, which this movie is full of. Oh, boy. The only woman that I've truly ever loved, Madeline Kahn. Aww. It's true. Good, it's good true. choice. Good choice. I would destroy universes to spend 10 would, minutes with her. I would blow up my whole fucking life. I am, I have been, am now, and forever will be in love with Madeline Kahn. She is the funniest actress I've ever known, and she's talented and she's pretty. Yeah. I'm with she's you. She's super funny, and she died way too early before I ever got a chance to meet her and cut myself for, for her right in front of her. Just like, please, <laughs> this is for you. <laughs> I'm working on a lot of stuff right now. <laughs> Um, Madeline Kahn as El Slizo patron. Telly Savalas as El Slizo tough guy. Carol Kane as myth. <laughs> I don't want to ruin that either. <laughs> Paul Williams as the El Slizo pianist. Milton Burl as Madman Mooney. Do I have to tell anybody who Telly Savalas was on a cop show? Carol Kane, you know Carol Kane. She was, what's her, 
Princess Bride and Taxi and oh yeah and all sorts of stuff. Um, Milton Berle, this is an old timey comedian. He's got a gigantic dick. Uh, Elliot Gould, it's true. That's the rumor. He's got I a know. gigantic that's, dick. So I've heard. Elliot Gould as Compare. He's the announcer for the beauty contest. Um, Elliot Gould was a sex symbol in the seventies. Yeah. And if you guys know what Elliot Gould looks like, that explains a lot about the nineteen seventies, doesn't it? Seventies <laughs> was one hell of a decade, wasn't it? Seventies was a weird decade. <laughs> you know him as one of the dads and friends. I don't know who's who oh, that's the right. Dad of. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Monica's dad. Edgar Bergen as himself and Charlie McCarthy. Edgar Bergen is a ventriloquist who figured out, hey, you know what the easiest way to do ventriloquism? On the radio. <laughs> exactly. I'll let everyone here, I'm gonna be a ventriloquist on a podcast. Hey Timmy, how do you like school? Closed! See, look, I'm a fantastic <laughs> ventriloquist. And 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 folks, his lips didn't move. His lips moved in the clip we saw him I in. know. I know. You guys know Edgar Bergen as the father of Candace Bergen. Yes. Who was on Murphy Brown and a bunch of other stuff. Yep. And he's only in here briefly, and then he died like two weeks later. Oh, yeah. Because the Muppets killed him. The Muppets killed him. You've served your purpose. Thank you. Yes. Bob we will Hope. take it from here. It's Bob, what the hell am I doing here? Hope. In <laughs> As the ice cream man. <laughs> yeah, yep. Richard Pryor is a balloon vendor. Richard Pryor, who probably showed up time for this three-second roll. <laughs> he probably showed up on time, wasn't out of his mind on Coke. He probably showed up early, brought yeah. donuts for everybody. It's Absolutely. Like, I, I don't get it. Why is he showing up early? Because all he has to do is hold a balloon and talk to Gonzo. I'd show up early to talk to Gonzo. <laughs> you wouldn't even have to pay me. Yeah, you don't. I would just... Uh... Steve Martin as the best thing in this fucking movie. <laughs> Steve Martin as insolent waiter. Mel Brooks as the other best thing in this movie. As Professor Max Craftsman, Cloris Leachman as Miss Tracy, and Orson Welles. You heard me. Yep. That's right. Orson fucking Wells as Lou Lord. Now, Lou, he, that name is a take on Lou, uh, what is his last name? Grand? Grad. Uh, who was the yeah. British producer who was producing The Muppet Show. So here's what's going on. America didn't want to put money into doing The Muppet Show, even though they really liked the concept. And so Henson had the unfortunate task of telling everyone who worked for him, hey, they're going to pick up The Muppet Show in England. Let's all move there <laughs> and commute back and forth to keep up with our Sesame Street gigs. Won't that be a fun thing to do? It wasn't. And they <laughs> were they were starting. It's why uh, Frank Oz, once he left, he's like, I'm never picking up a puppet again. There's nothing you can make. There's nothing. <laughs> I'm done. But he was the guy who bankrolled the Muppets in England. They were a massive hit in England. They were a massive hit in the United States. Everybody loved the Muppets. I love the Muppets. I love them today. I love them too much. And that's bad. Anyway, music by Kenneth Archer, nothing. <laughs> and Paul Williams, we talked about him last uh, during Smokey and the Bandit. Do we yeah. have to? He's been in, he's just, he wrote everything in the 70s, guys. He just really did. Cinematography by Isidore Manofos, Manof, Manofsky. Did a lot of work. Nothing terribly like, hey, look at this. Edited by Christopher Greenberry, same deal. Production company, ITC Entertainment. That's that British, that's that British company. You'd see that in front of like Space 1999. Yeah, that's and right. The and the Muppet Show. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Henson Associates, not Jim Henson Productions, because it was still called Henson Associates. Distrib distributed by Associated Film Distribution. 
Anybody else notice that? <laughs> ITC, Henson Associates, Associated Film Distribution. Hey, Steve. Yeah? Why didn't any major company want to do this? Why didn't they want to help make mon- get money for uh, distributing a film about Muppets? Because they sucked and they didn't believe in the were, power of the puppets. They were fucking cowards, that's why. Yeah. It's, that's yeah, why. Yeah, like, fuck you, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Oh, now Ooh. you like the Muppets. <laughs> Release date, June 22nd, 1970, 1979. The last year of sanity for poor Jason. <sighs> Star Wars was quickly eating away at me, and then they had to bring this out, didn't they? <laughs> didn't they? <clears throat> Running time, 95 minutes. Thank you, Jim Henson. Thank you, Jeb. It's perfect. I don't want a three-hour Muppet movie. I don't need that. Do you need that? Oh, God, no. Mm-hmm. 90 minutes is but, perfect. That's right. Budget. Oh, I didn't do the calculation. Darn it, I knew I forgot something. Oh, well. Budget, $8 million. Uh, modified for inflation, I don't know, a billion gajillion. I have no idea. <laughs> a bunch. A bunch. Box office, $76.6 million. So it did fairly well, didn't it, Steve? Oh, my God, yes. I think anytime you make, anytime you gross almost 10 times your budget domestically, (laughs) you gotta call that a success. (sighs) Okay, Steve, who's your favorite Muppet? Oh, man. There are so many. I tell you what, I, an answer. I really like one of the one of the more recent ones. Um, he's not in this movie because he hadn't been created yet. I really like Bobo the Bear. You like Bobo I, the Bear? I love Bobo. Oh my god, wow. I love Bobo. Okay, that's he's fine. He's so funny. Of, of the classic what? Muppets, probably Fozzie. Gonzo. Yeah, Gonzo's Gonzo. fucking amazing. Gonzo's the one that touched me. It was <laughs> Gonzo. It's like, he's weird, I'm weird. See, weirdos can have friends, do things, and have adventures, see? <laughs> he's got a girlfriend. God, I want God's in his life. Wait, am I attracted to chickens now? <sighs> Jason, when are you getting out of the bathroom? Leave me <laughs> alone! <laughs> the door is closed, it's my private time. You will not understand what I'm going through. <laughs> I promise you, you won't. I knew I couldn't All come I'll to you. All I'll do is scare you. Just go away. You don't understand me. Even when I take the puppet off, it's still there. It's still there on my hand. I hear him talking. I hear him talking to me all the time. <laughs> all right, Steve. Come on. Let's put our puppets on. Oh, boy. Okay. We got to put on a headband here. Got right it. Here. Yeah. We put a headband across here. Yeah. Keep I got our it. hair out of our faces. Absolutely. You move around. You got to be active when you're when you're puppeteering. Okay. Abs- absolutely. Okay. If you're lo- using a live hand puppet, you're going to be using both hands. But if you're using a rod puppet, then you're going to use a rod to move the other hand around. Okay. You got got it? it. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Yeah. You know, they digitally remove those in post now. They don't do that for this movie because they didn't care. They didn't care. Right, Steve? They didn't <laughs> every, care. Every, there was no way to get rid of it. And everybody knows. Yeah, everybody knows. So if you like Fozzie, that's a live hand puppet. So uh, you're going to have someone over there next to you is going to be doing the other hand, okay? Got it. To synchronize with them okay. whenever you're doing hand gestures and things like that. Okay. You're also going to be working the mouth. And remember, he's got a little lever inside of his head to wiggle his to ears wiggle back his, and forth. Yeah, I got That's you. a very special thing just for Fozzie, okay? Okay. okay. okay I've, gone, I, I, so I've got special eyelids that can move back and forth. He's a rod puppet, so I okay. don't have to worry about doing that. Just shut up and listen to me I talk, can do okay? this. i got to okay. get this out. i got to get the poison out, Steve. Okay. i got to get it out. Okay. <laughs> I love you to death, but I've got to do this thing! <laughs> I don't understand. I, Steve and I are close, and we, boy, oh boy, we can talk about just about anything. Between the two of us, we can talk about just about anything, but this is the ledge too far for Steve, because I can't talk to him about any of this shit, or anybody as near as I can tell. (laughs) 
All right, let's go. Are you ready? Let's go into the world of the Muppets. You ready? I think you're already there, I've been there forever. I've been there. I have always been there. (sighs) I'm ready. Okay, great. Go, Steve, do it. I can't look. Please. (laughs) Start the moving. Okay, well, this isn't just a movie, you know. This is a movie within a movie. That's right. It's very meta. It's very meta because we, when, when, when the movie starts, we actually we see various Muppets arriving at a movie studio. Yeah, and uh, they we, all actually sort of... we see two Muppets really arriving at a movie studio. It's Statler and Waldorf. Yeah, yeah. The two guys who pretend not to like the Muppets because they like complaining about things more. Exactly. Right. And they come in and we're like, "We're here to see the fucking Muppets." <laughs> Let's fuck in. We're going to see the goddamn Muppets. <laughs> Open the goddamn door. Don't talk over me, you fuck. <laughs> shut up. You shut up. I'll fucking punch you. <laughs> Boy, they're going to love the internet. <laughs> they drive through the studio and they're like, look at all the weirdos. Yeah. But they're having a screening, Steve. Right. All the Muppets are gathering in a screening room. Yeah. They're, that's chaos. That's oh, chaos. Yeah. There's like a flamenco dancer, the dancer guy, and they've got one guy who just wanders around with dynamite all the time. <laughs> yeah. Just he always has dynamite. No one ever tries to take it away from no. him or stop him from blowing shit up. Just give me the dynamite, man. Just give me the dynamite. Miss Piggy has her little pig entourage. Yes. And we're meeting up with people. Sam D. Eagle, who's one of my favorite ever. Um, and I here's another guy. I don't understand why he stays with the Muppets. He hates everything they do. He yes. thinks they're all degenerates. <laughs> but then he sits down next to Robin, his nephew. His nephew. And Robin's like, did this really happen? And Kermit's like, fuck no. I mean, well, maybe. Kind of. No, not at all, really. It's not really important. <laughs> All right, so shut up. Everyone <laughs> shut up. What's Stop a goddamn movie, kid? <laughs> Uncle Kermit, can now I have happens? my own seat? Why do I have to sit on the arm of your chair? Oh, now you want to oh, go? Fine. Sit down in your own seat, and then it just folds up on him. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> Little smartass. <laughs> so the movie starts, right? Yes, the, the movie within a movie begins. Yeah, we're up at the clouds. Oh, yeah. we It's like a, an aerial shot. That's right. Yeah. It's like an aerial shot, and then we see the Muppet movie, and there's a rainbow, and that Aww. becomes important in a couple, like a couple of seconds. And we go through all the people who made it, and then we come down to a swamp, and we hear what, Steve? We hear uh, Kermit the Frog strumming a banjo. And, That's right. And singing what I suppose is the signature song of the movie, which is Rainbow Connection. That's right. Yeah. And also an anthem. Another anthem. Yeah. Another goddamn anthem. Yes. Why? What is it with rainbows and them becoming anthems? Because Paul Williams heard Over the Rainbow, and he heard yes. What a Wonderful World, and, and this was before that other guy <laughs> had the idea to just do them both as one song. Right, so and Paul so he William, made his own song. So he said, I'm just going to write my own, and I'm going to so have Muppets watch, sing it. So we watch a puppeteer try not to drown or electrocute himself over a period of five days, performing Kermit on a log in the middle of a swamp. Yep. And he sings his little song, which is about dreaming and doing and... You know stuff and just yeah. it's actually and kind someone, of a it, it, if you listen to the lyrics it's kind of a deep depressing song it is yeah a lot of John Williams uh, John Williams Paul Williams songs <laughs> yeah. are like that yeah John Williams songs are like when will I be free of movies <laughs> <laughs> I'm a goddamn orchestral conductor <laughs> I did the Boston Pops but no one knows that it's always Star Wars <laughs> Spielberg please stop calling. 
Yeah. He's like, I don't get it. He just all he has to do is say no. <laughs> right? You've got you've got enough money, John. Uh-huh. <sighs> anyway, yeah, anyway. Uh, a guy rose up in a boat and he's lost. Yeah. He's and lost in the Bernie swamp. And he's lost in the swamp. <laughs> And he's a Hollywood agent. He's played by Dom DeLuise. Yeah. And he's like, well, all you have to do is go down that way and go to that way and you'll be fine. Just avoid the alligator. He's like, ooh. And then he remembers that there's an advertisement in Variety. That he happens to have with him on the boat because he is an agent. Well, he is an agent. And um, he says that they're hiring frogs. And like, come down and audition if you're a frog. Right, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. He says you could could go to L.A. and, and if you get the job... Uh, and become famous in show business, you'll make millions of people happy. That's right. And Kermit's like, that sounds that's good. that's all that Kermit wants to do. But actually, Kermit doesn't seem all that interested in it, right? He's like, oh, no, that's fine. And the guy gets chased away by an alligator. He's probably consumed. Yeah, yeah. The, I'm, I'm, yeah awful the, way to die. The alligator kills him, I'm pretty sure. The alligator kills him probably off, off camera, but Kermit's like, oh, who wants to become rich and famous? He's happy in the swamp. Yeah. He did say his tongue's, his tongue's gonna go. Yeah, it's the first thing to go. And this is a first appearance of one of the running gags in this in this movie running gags that shouldn't be funny but become funny because they understand what a running gag is what is the first running gag steve is it the harry krishna one it's the harry yeah, krishna when, one because yeah bernie says i'm lost and kermit says well have you tried harry krishna well have you tried harry krishna and he goes oh fuck it i'll go anyway otherwise this movie's not going to go anywhere yeah <laughs> right because what kermit wants to do is to make millions of people happy right or to make people happy yeah just he doesn't general. care about the, look, he's not Kermit's pure. Okay, guys, he's not lured by money or all of the fucking blowjobs no. or any of that stuff. No, not at all. He just wants to make people happy. So he hops on a bike and he's riding into town, right, Steve? Yeah, he's riding into town, and uh, while he's coming into town, he notices there's there's, there's a construction site. And they're building uh, this new franchise of, uh, I forget what exactly it's called, but it's Hopper's... hoppers, Doc frogs, Hopper's French Fried Frog, frog legs. legs. Yeah. And, there's, and instead of the golden arches of McDonald's, it's two humongous, like, severed frog legs sticking yeah. up out of the ground for the, for the right. sign. <laughs> yeah. Can I say this here right now? Yeah. They're, they're really good. They're good. They're, they're, <laughs> They're really. If you've had not had them, have them. They're do. They're so good. It's worth. Anyway, it's worth the death of a frog. That's right. And that's almost what we get in the movie because he almost gets run over by a paver and a steamroller at the same time. Yeah. Lucky he's able to jump being a frog. Right. Yeah. And lucky for us, we didn't have to watch. Well, granted, it's an amazing effect, but we didn't have to watch him ride his bike all the way <laughs> to Hollywood. To California, yeah. If I wanted that shit, I'd watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but I'm not watching that. I'm watching the Muppets. Right. But he he's looking for a place to eat, right? Yeah, yeah, and, so, and he, he he finds the uh, the El Slizo Cafe. He's about to walk in, and someone gets thrown out of the door. Yeah, it's James Coburn. It turned, it's James Coburn, who I've never really thought of as a tough guy, but I guess he was. Was he? <laughs> I don't think he was that tough. It's not like, you know, who would be tougher than James Colburn if he throws someone out? Shaft. If it had been Shaft, Shaft. then I'd be, oh shit, that place is tough. <laughs> or Charles Bronson. That would oh, work too. And he could have been in this. Well, they tried, but he had a freak out when he walked on set. On hey. set. He's like, I don't know what's going on. Help, help me. <laughs> is that a talking this frog? talking. <laughs> Fuck that. Oh, I'm out. Go away, Pally. <laughs> Anyway, he's like, that, the people in there, that is the scummiest, shittiest, almost awful place in the, ever, and I hate it. And 
Kermit's like, well, why don't you complain to the owner? And what's the punchline, Steve? He says, I am the owner. But on Oh, didn't see that coming, did you? Anyway, they go inside, and it's filled with, uh, it's kind of like, it's like the gang that, <laughs> that Hedy Lamar, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's Hedley, Hedley Lamar formed at the end of Blazing Saddles. The after party was at the El Slizo yeah. <laughs> Cafe. Yeah, totally. It's got like Nazis and bikers and sailors, and banditos and sailors. Yeah. And it's just a, a bad, awful place. Kermit goes up to the bar and oh, yes. And Madeline Kahn's there, yeah. doing her German voice. <laughs> and he talks to her briefly. And this, I, I have to admit, I didn't catch on to this when I was a kid, but as an adult. I love this more than anything else. Telly the Fallis goes up and says, hey, you talking to my girl? And he's like, no. But she's like, yeah, he is. <laughs> he, he touched me. <laughs> but he manages not to get the shit beat out of him because what happens, Steve? Uh, this is when Fozzie comes on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Now, unless you caught it, Fozzie is the replacement act for the El Slizo dancing girls, which are billed as the ugliest dancing girls on earth. <laughs> Yes. So, <laughs> so um, this is also uh, during that scene we get another running gag in which yeah in which Telly Savalas goes ooh you touch you you get warts and he says actually that's a myth what myth I don't know, a what myth myth and Carol Kane turns around and goes yes yes. <laughs> <sighs> Now, I can't remember when the second time when he comments that the I'm lost Harry Krishna joke comes up. It comes up in the El Cizo, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, no, Kermit says that he's watching Fozzie, because Fozzie yeah. is, is a stand-up comedian. Oh, yeah, that poor bear. He, yeah. He, yeah. Fozzie comes out, and oh boy. He's totally bombing. He's wearing joke glasses, and yeah. he's got a rubber chicken, and he's just not doing well. And Kermit says, oh, that poor bear, he seems lost. And who says the other line? Oh, there's just, it's, it isn't. It's, it's a, just some guy. It's just some guy. <laughs> behind him in the bar he says maybe he should try Harry Krishna and then Kermit does a take to the camera and goes oh great it's a running gag <laughs> anyway so they start throwing things at Fozzie Bear which makes me angry yeah don't you which, leave, which, don't you leave that you fucking leave Fozzie alone he's sweet little bear alone <laughs> all he wanted to do was make you laugh he actually says that I'm trying my best yes oh my god it's so like leave him alone and then Kermit jumps up there and he says, follow my lead, and they start dancing, right? Yeah. Does that work? It doesn't so much, no. Oh, no. we skipped over one of my favorite bits in this. Oh, what? He goes, he starts a joke, and he goes, there was a sailor <laughs> who was so fat, and a fat sailor stands up, breaks a beer bottle yes. on the table, and goes, how fat was it? <laughs> Yeah, and then Foz he says something like he was so fat that everybody Foz liked him and no one ever made fun of him. And he never had any problems. And he never had any problems. <laughs> oh my god. That their singing and dancing act does not work and they start beating them up, don't they, Steve? Oh yeah, there's a there's a big uh bar fight. Kermit ends up uh, being thrown up and grabbing onto a ceiling fan that's twisting yeah, him around. The, a biker grabs Fozzie, who seems to be having a really good time beating him up, and there's a reason why, because that biker is Frank Oz. 
the man who performs Fozzie Bear. <laughs> Payback time. He's getting some of his aggressions out. But he throws Fozzie into the bartender, who's got a beard. Yeah. And Fozzie pops back up. We're not only having the beard, but also wearing all of the bartender's clothes. What? And what does he say? He says, yeah. he says hey, everybody, drinks on the house. Everyone goes, yay, and they all storm out. They run outside, yeah, and he's like, works every time. Yeah. We don't know what that means. No, we until don't. Until they cut to everybody on the roof going, there are no drinks. <laughs> 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 anyway, Kermit's like, come with me, we'll go to Hollywood. And, and, and Fozzie's like, yay! Right? Yeah, and they, they go outside, and Fozzie has a car. And, uh, an old a Studebaker. Studebaker. Yeah. And they drive off. Yay! But something happened while Fozzie and Kermit were dancing up on the thing. See, back we have to go way back because we skipped the this. The frog's legs. Max. Yeah. There's a guy named Max who was helping install the new French fried frog's legs. Doc Hopper's French fried fog, frog's legs. It's too long. It's too long. The name, they, they'll never take off. Doc Hopper. <laughs> Let's go to Doc Hopper's French fried frog legs. It's too long, Steve. Yeah, they just got to call it Doc Hopper's. Mick Donald's Burger King. Yeah, Doc Hopper's. The number of syllables. Yeah, Doc Hopper's. Just leave it at that. Nobody calls it anyway. Wendy's Old Fashioned Hamburgers. They call it Wendy's. Right. So he sees Kermit riding a bike and he says, oh, look at that. And then you see him outside looking through the window watching Kermit dance, and he brings in this big old guy wearing a suit, and the guy looks in, and he's like, I'm in love with that frog. And then we're like, oh god, does this guy want to have sex with Kermit? What's going on? <laughs> and so before they can take, as they're taking off, Doc Hopper shows up in his big black Cadillac, right? Yeah. And he's like, come here, Mr. Frog, I want to <laughs> show you something. And he's like, don't get out of the car, please. Don't get out of the car. But he leads him over to a TV shop, Yeah, because we had him back then. In the window, yeah, TV's in the window. And somehow he has the remote control to the TVs inside the closed TV store, and he turns it on and shows us what may be the most awful commercial ever filmed as a mock of awful commercial. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it's him in costume as a frog doing a commercial mm -hmm. for his frogs his frog legs restaurant. Right, and he's not doing a very good job. No, and Kermit's like, "That's the worst thing I've ever seen." And he goes, "Yeah, I know. I'm not much of a performer." <laughs> But Doc Hopper wants Kermit the Frog to be the mascot for Doc Hopper's French Fried Frog Leg. Yeah. Which you know, for a fact, Kermit does not endorse. No. Right? No. And in fact, he says, it's abhorrent. You're a psychopath. <laughs> All of those frogs on little crutches. Yeah. And Max, <laughs> and that it's Max. And it's like, what? Yeah, I never thought about that. He's like, come on, Fuzzy, we're going to go. And he's like, I'll give you $500 a month. Ooh. And they're like, no, that entices Fuzzy yeah, a little Fuzzy's bit. Yeah, Fuzzy's thinking about it. He's like, come on, let's it. go. <laughs> but they leave. And Doc Hopper's like, I'm going to fuck that frog. I mean, yeah. I'm going to get yeah, that I'm frog. Gonna, yeah, that's it. Anyway, now it's a road trip. Yeah. It's a road movie. It's, it's, it's a road yep. movie. Yep, and they, they sing a road tripping song. Called Moving Right Along. Moving Right Along. Doobie doo doobie doo for Just a second, I gotta sing the whole you got, thing. Go ahead, just get, get it out of your system. Okay, good. You got I'm it? Good. I'm good. You're good. Don't say it again, or I'll have to do it I again. I will not say it again. But if you do, and I have to do it again, just keep on going on with the, with the review. I'll just okay? keep going. Okay. Anyway, so they do some funny sight gags during that musical number. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the the gimmick is that they keep they're getting lost. Like they all, they're always moving in the wrong direction. Like they're yeah, supposed to they're be going like west, and Fozzie's like, "I've never seen the sun rise in the west before." You know, I have. I saw it in Xanadu. In Xanadu, yeah, which apparently <laughs> takes place in Australia. <laughs> um, 
So they pass a giant fork in the road. They, you know, it's a bunch of stuff. There's a little vignette where they almost pick up a hitchhiker, but they're not going the same way. And that's not anybody big. Right, Steve? No. Who is it? Oh, it's it's Big Big Bird. Bird. It's Big Bird. Yeah. And he says, okay, wait, I got to go back. Wait a minute. (laughs) Steve, did you just say? Yeah, who is it? I forgot. Oh, you know, it's Big it's Bird. It's Big Bird. No, and, and he says he says he's he's on his way to New York to try to break into no, public it's television. Reverend Jim Ignatowski. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm going to New York. <laughs> it's Clark Gable. <laughs> They're driving, and then they see a billboard. It's a billboard for the Frog's Legs place with Kermit. They pull picture. over to look at it. Yeah, it's like, hey, Kermit, can we damage your psyche a little bit more by making you stare at? Well, actually, it's Kermit's idea. They pull over, yeah. and then Doc Hopper shows up, and Doc Hopper's like, "Listen, Froggy, <laughs> you and me are going to have sex. Yeah, You're going to uh... represent my Frog Legs business." <laughs> And again, he says, no, no, you know, slam it. Let's go. Because now Doc Hopper is getting a little aggressive. Yeah. And and even now Max is having second thoughts. Yeah. And now the new billboard has Kermit's face on the bucket of frog legs. Yeah. Yeah. And Max is starting to have second thoughts, right? Yeah. He's like, this is like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to chase after him. He said, I'll give you two more percentage points. And he's like, oh, yay. Uh, Okay, let's go. (laughs) Let's go. So they're driving to escape Doc Hopper and they pull into this church. Yeah. Oh, no. And by the way, we get the payoff for the second myth. Oh, that's right. (laughs) they're They're at the billboard. And he says, no, that's a myth, myth. And Carol Kane, out from another billboard, goes, yes. (laughs) (sighs) That joke should not work. I just love that the joke they, should not work. I love that they what? had to pay Carol Kane to come to a completely different location just to this shoot that one was, shot. This is way before she was famous. I too. know, but still, so. it's you know you have to like yeah. for for the pay, for one line to pay off a running gag. Yeah. So they pull into this church. Yeah. And that's where we find the rule of three pays off the Hare Krishna joke. Right, because the, the, the pastor of the... or It doesn't say pay, but it's, it's, it yeah, says it try say, Hare Krishna on, on the sign. So on the front of the billboard for the Presbyterian Church, it says, Lost, try Reverend Harry Krishna. Krishna. Yeah. <laughs> and they go out there and they fall asleep. Yeah. And, um, wait, no, they don't fall asleep. Well, they're, no, they're, they do fall asleep. they're about to, yeah. they're about to fall asleep. And then they hear music coming from the church. Yeah. And they go in. Fozzie says the line of love, which is, I don't think they're Presbyterian. <laughs> no. <laughs> and they go into this abandoned church and playing up at the top of the thing is who, Steve? It's the famous Muppet band, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Yes, <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> And um, they're a big freak-out band, and they're playing rock music, and they're like, hey, what's going on? Um, what's happening? And Kermit starts to explain No, Fozzie starts to explain And Kermit's like, you can't just sit here and tell him everything that's happened up to this point. It'll be boring for the audience. And he goes, yeah, you're right. And he says, here, just read the script. And so they give him the script. <laughs> and they read the script, which leads to them dissolving to the shot we just saw. Yes, of Kermit right. and Fozzie <laughs> coming into the church and discovering the uh-huh. band. Yeah, so that's, that's right, how we baby. know that they're up to date. That's right. Yeah. So, let's see. Let's... Uh, well, they're going to... The, it turns out... They fall asleep. Yeah, well, the band The band wants to... is The, the band is going to turn the church into a coffee shop. That's their, their right. plan. And they find out about... Because they read the script, so they know that Kermit and Fozzie are going to Hollywood, and they know about uh, Doc Hopper and Max chasing them. Right. So while Kermit and Fozzie are asleep, the band decides to help them out by going outside and disguising their car by completely right. repainting it. 
Yeah. That's right. And they completely repaint it, and they're like, it's got all this psychedelic colors and bubbles and stars and crap on it. And they're like, thanks. <laughs> like, no problem. Bye. And then they drive away. And then they get chased by Doc Hopper, who now has a gun. No, he doesn't have a gun yet. Not yet, but yeah. But- they get chased by Doc Hopper, and then they they, they pull in front of a, another billboard that has, like, a soda advertisement with a rocket blasting off, and their colors match exactly to the billboard, <laughs> so they're completely camouflaged. And then, for no reason at all, they stop at a county fair. Yeah, I, I think the... the Eventually, it comes out that they're stopping for ice cream. Up, oh, no, wait. Well, oh, no, wait. no, they meet Gonzo no, first. Something don't they? very important happens. They meet Gonzo. They get first. in a car accident with Gonzo. Yeah, who is a plumber. Who's a plumber. Yeah. And um, what happens is, is somehow Gonzo's truck flips over and now it is laying on top of their roof roof to roof right yeah and gonzo is a plumber and he's in a relationship with a chicken named camilla yes gonzo is a thing he's not ever described no (laughs) i don't care what that non-canon bullshit movie says about him being an alien (laughs) i preferred it that no one ever knew what he was it's one of my favorite jokes from A Great Muppet Caper that when they're traveling, they're traveling as pets. And on the sides of the boxes, it says frog, bear, whatever. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, they let uh, Gonzo in and Gonzo's a little uh, different. Yeah, right? yeah, right, Steve. Yeah. He's like, I always wanted to go to Bombay and become a famous actor. Yeah. And Vazi goes, it's the, that's not where you go. You go to Hollywood. <laughs> Gonzo said, said, sure, if you want to do it the easy way. <laughs> and this is also one of my favorite scenes where both Kermit and Fozzy look straight ahead. And Fozzy goes, we picked up a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go to the county fair. Well, they go to they go to the car lot first, don't they? Oh, that's right. They go to the car lot, yeah. and then they meet they, that guy with the huge dick who tries to sell him a bad car, and, and, then, and Sweetums, and Sweetums, who who plays who is his Jack, his Jack. moves the cars around. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Sweetums is, he's a giant monster, full body puppet. Yeah, and um, they they buy a, a Woody. Yeah, station wagon. Uh, I don't know if it would be considered a station. I've always heard. Yeah. It. I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but it's called. A, it's I think it is a station wagon. It's just I've always yeah. heard it called a Woody. Yeah, everybody yeah. knows it. It's and, the wood panels on the side. Yeah, it's a wood panel on. The yeah. And they get to buy it for eleven seventy five because uh, Sweetums uh, uh, swatted at a fly and made a decimal point on what would have been an uh, $1,100 yeah. car yeah. or so. And in fact, based on all of the guy's fast talk, he actually owes them money for the car. Right, because he promised them a certain amount for their trade-in. A $12 yeah. trade-in, right. <laughs> so they owe, he owes them $0.25. Cents. And before they leave, they say, hey, Sweetums, do you want to come with us to Hollywood? And he goes, Hollywood? And he runs off, right? Yeah. And then, as soon and then they, they drive away and yeah. he comes running back out. And he's like, I just, he was like, he just wanted to pack his shit. <laughs> he's like running right. out with the suitcase. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> come back. I want to go to Hollywood. And then, see, I'm rampaging towards the, the, the carnival scene for some reason. I don't know why. So they go to the carnival. It's not as though it's an important character introduction or anything. No. They go to the carnival. <laughs> And um, what's happening at the carnival there, Steve? They're having a beauty pageant, mm-hmm. and Elliot Gould is announced. Well, first he introduces Charlie McCarthy and Edgar Bergen. They're the guest judges, and they just yeah. kind of sit there. Uh, they have a single line. They have a line, yeah. And, and I think mm-hmm. Edgar says something like, now, Charlie, this is their movie. And he's like, shut up. I've been latched to you for too long. And Charlie brings up a knife and just starts stabbing yeah. him. <laughs> when are you going to die? When is it Charlie's turn? I've been yoked to you for 50 years. 
I want to have sex, and all our comedy routine was about was the fact that your little puppet friend wanted sex. <laughs> Me and Myrna Loy had something, and you, <laughs> you stood between us. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Myrna was going to be beautiful, and you Somewhere ruined it. Somewhere in Hollywood, there is a mansion with a drunken, disheveled Charlie McCarthy. I'm going to bend somebody. <laughs> God damn it. I was the on key the f- to that act, not him. <laughs> on the phone every morning. What do you mean the, the ventriloquist dummies are scary? <laughs> I'll tell you what's scary. Not ever aging, never being able to die, <laughs> being all alone. <laughs> I can't even drown myself. I just float there. <laughs> what is that about? <laughs> oh, my God. You see him sitting. You see him sitting. With a box of matches going, this time you can do it. You can do it, Charlie. You can do it. This time you can do it. Oh, oh I love it. But anyway. Anyway. So the beauty pageant. Miss Piggy wins the beauty, the beauty pageant. pageant. That's right. Elliot Gould announces the first and second, second place runner-up or whatever those things fucking work. Yeah. Miss Piggy comes up. She gets the crown. And both Kermit and Miss Piggy see each other. And then Miss Piggy sings a song. In her head, mostly. Yes. And then they meet. Piggy and Kermit meet, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, how you doing? We're going to Hollywood. And then he tells his friends, go on, go get some ice cream. And they're like, yay. And he goes, hey, uh, I got to go join my friends for ice cream. Would you like to join my friends? Would you like to come? And she thinks he means go to Hollywood with him. Right, right. right. So she's like, oh, yeah. I got to go make one of my 900 costume changes in this movie. I'll be right back. (laughs) So she leaves, and then we cut over to uh, Fozzie, who's getting uh, ice cream from Bob Hope. Yeah, he sure is. Mm-hmm. And Bob Hope is like, never work blue, Carol. <laughs> 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 or whatever. <laughs> you want a you want a half sandwich and see a picture of see a picture of Patton pissing in the Rhine? <laughs> I'm just here for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> They said I'm dedicated to my wife, but I was alone a long time with some of the most beautiful women in the world during World War II. <laughs> what, um, what else was I supposed to do? This is a ch- an innocent children's movie. Look, <laughs> I can't. You know, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I can't, don't, don't. The director vetoed most of my one-liners. I had a lot of funny stuff. <laughs> look, look, gonorrhea is bad, but you don't mind it so much if you get it from Rita Hayworth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Oh, and then you, you I'm going to go find another ice cream man. You have to you have to put your hands in your pockets and stare directly into the lens <laughs> of the camera for like 15 seconds to sell the punchline. That's what should have been in there is he should have told a joke and just put his hands in his pockets and stared at Fozzie Bear just, while Fozzie stared back at him. Just done like the the Bob Can I have my ice cream? <laughs> the Bob Hope sitting on the joke death stare. <laughs> He was just, he would dare you not to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. So Fozzie gets the ice cream, and we cut over to Gonzo, who's getting some balloons yeah. from the balloon man. And he's like, balloon, balloon. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> Worlds are colliding. The Vienna balloon man's here. And it is a red balloon. Well, at least the first one is, isn't it? And then he well, ends up yeah. he, he ends up buying a few more. For people confused about the poll from a review, that's from three years ago when we reviewed The Third Man. <laughs> In and, <laughs> even though we have reviewed, I don't know, what is this, 120 movies yeah. at this point? <laughs> Jesus. Our lives are starting to melt mm. together. We don't, this has become a fluid thing. The, 
The, so you have to go back and watch all the reviews. The podcast that eats itself. To get a joke. <laughs> That's how we get you. It's not the Vienna Balloon Man. Who is it? It's Richard Pryor. That's right. Yeah. Richard Pryor's like, I'm trying really hard not to cuss. <laughs> he actually gets one of the big, for me, one of the biggest laughs in the whole movie. When, uh, What's that? When uh, Gonzo can't decide which of two balloons to get. And Pryor goes, why not both? And then he does this amazing face, you know, like. Ne- oh, yeah. Like, when he does the why not like, both. I bet yeah. you never thought of that. It's just, it's the <laughs> subtlest thing. And it's so amazing. He does like this. Well, part ah. of that cut, but part of that cut is he's reacting to what Dave Gold as as um, um, Gonzo is doing, and that is Gonzo is reacting by his eyes going really wide, and so Pryor yeah. is picking up on that and kind of doing it back at him. Yeah, it's, it's so a great funny. little thing. It's, so, it's so funny. Anyway, Gonzo buys all the balloons. Yes. Because, as Richard Pryor tells him, it makes the girls go gaga. Exactly. And what does Camilla do? <laughs> she goes gaga. <laughs> she goes gaga. <laughs> Unless we haven't mentioned it, Camilla only speaks in chicken, so all she does is cluck, right? Yes. Anyway, so uh, the, we're back to the ice cream boys, and Miss Piggy runs up, and she says, I'm coming with you, and Kermit's kind of like, no, <laughs> and he's like, no, I mean, which I don't understand, because he's been perfectly fine picking up all these strays and mutts. He invited the elect- Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem to come with him. Yeah. But Miss Piggy gets the short end of the stick. I know, right? A because beauty queen who is really into him doesn't get yeah. to come along. Stimulated his sexual apparatus that he doesn't have. He doesn't have it. Everybody, Kermit the Frog does not have a dick if he's a frog. He doesn't have one. Okay? He doesn't have one. He's got a hole. That's it. He just, it's its just different. He leads a different kind of life. It's he's neither a, better nor worse. That's right. It's just different. That's right. Anyway, then they see Gonzo fly up in the air. Yeah, because he's like, bought every balloon and it's yeah. they're, they're carrying him away. Yeah, and of course Gonzo's having a great time. And but they have to go chasing after him, make sure he doesn't fucking kill himself. <laughs> and so they're driving, chasing him, and then Doc Hopper sees them and starts chasing them. And Dio Doc Hopper has a gun. Yes. And everyone is so intent on looking at Gonzo that Fozzie doesn't look where he's driving, and he kind of loses control of the car, and he goes careening towards this big billboard that has. Uh, 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 grandma's pies and it's an old lady holding up a pie right steve yeah uh, apparently a real giant pie a real giant pie <laughs> that's just sitting out in the middle of nowhere yep not completely devoured by flies just a regular <laughs> old pie <laughs> and not a bunch of hungry animals scratching at the baseboard trying to get up to the pie <laughs> no not, not that at all it's not filled with unfortunate birds that flew at the pie and are stuck in it. It <laughs> is not that. a mass of sweetness and gore and insects yeah, and awfulness. None of those, none of those horrifying real-life consequences. It's a fresh baked banana cream pie. Yes. So it flies through the air and lands on Doc Hopper's Cadillac, which causes him to shoot the gun, which pops Gonzo's balloons, and then Gonzo lands on top of the station wagon, and then they go, right? Yeah. Phew. <sighs> but I guess everything's okay, but now Miss Piggy's kind of like, hey, let's me and you have dinner so we can get to know each other, right? Yeah. So they stop at this motel that has a <laughs> restaurant and the greatest waiter ever put yes. to film. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. In, in perhaps his greatest on-screen role. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Plays a waiter who doesn't like being a waiter, does not <laughs> like 
what he does for a living, and he does not hide it from anybody. <laughs> and the only reason this works is that Kermit and Miss Piggy are completely oblivious to how badly he's treating them. Yes. It's it's probably the closest to like the kind of a character that Steve Martin would do in his stand-up. Yes, uh, in a movie because it's just like the one scene, and it, he is so sarcastic uh-huh. and so biting. It's just yep. hilarious. My favorite thing is when Kermit says, "Oh, that's good. You may serve it," and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> may I?" <laughs> it's yeah. Oh my god. Anyway, so they get some sparkling muscatel. <laughs> from... One of the finest wines of Idaho. <laughs> Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> and they're chit-chatting back and forth, and Miss Piggy has to get up to go do something. She has to go get up to go powder her nose or something, right? Yeah, or or, does, or she has to call her agent or something. Oh, yeah, she has yeah. to call her agent. Yeah. And then she doesn't come back. Yeah. And she doesn't come back. And she doesn't come back. And now Kermit's feeling like he's been ditched. Right, Steve? Yeah. And he goes over to the lounge pianist. And who is that, Steve? It's Rolf the dog. And why is this scene important, Steve? I don't know. Number one. Kermit and Ralph are two of the earliest Muppets that Jim Henson ever created. Rolf the dog predates Kermit, in fact, yeah. and was his first standout character. And also, this is a duet sung by one person <laughs> in two different characters. That's true. Jim Henson because performs Jim both Henson characters. Jim Henson does Rolf and Kermit. Yeah. And then they proceed. So that's all really sweet, right? That's all sweet. Like, yeah, of course. So. It's very then nice. Then they proceed to sing a misogynist song about how much better life would be without women. <laughs> you can't live with them. You can't live without them. Right. But they're talking about how frustrating it is to like women, but you gotta like women, otherwise the species will die, or stuff like that, right? Uh, right, but, Steve? But also women suck. That's right. They're terrible, and we hate ourselves for loving them. Could be a Conway Twitty song with the right This is where it. it all started, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to hear that song from here on out if I ever encounter anybody like that on the internet. I'm just going <laughs> to hear a mopey dog and a mopey frog singing yeah. in a motel restaurant. Uh. Um, anyway, it's an upbeat song, and I guess they feel a little bit better, but then uh, Kermit the Frog gets a phone call. Yeah. And who is this dude? It's from Doc Hopper. It turns Uh-oh. out it turns out what had happened was he kidnapped Miss Piggy. Oh, no. Yeah, right? And he's holding her prisoner, and he wants Kermit to come and get her. Right. Yeah. Or he's going to eat her. Yes, he's going to turn her into ham hocks, I believe is what he says. No, he said bacon. D- did he? Yeah, I think it yeah, was okay. bacon. Yeah, well, he's... he's He's going he's gonna to turn her into some form of pork-based food He's going stuff. to murder her and eat her. He's going, yeah, in the, which in the world of the Muppets, that's got, that's, that's like because cannibalism. Like, Doc Hopper looked through the window and saw Kermit and Miss Piggy romancing each other, and he became so upset because, as I have established, Doc Hopper wants to fuck Kermit the Frog. Yes. And for when he's, he's disappointed that much, he eats what he hates. <sighs> Jealousy is a terrible thing, folks. That's right. So anyway, so Kermit shows up. He gets held up by gunpoint, and then he gets tied up, right? Yeah. And who shows up, Steve? <laughs> a, uh, a thinly disguised Nazi doctor even, played by Mel no, Brooks. Oh, we're introduced to the character by him clicking his his fucking riding That's boots true. together. That's true. He, he's basically playing like a, 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 a character who was cut from the producers. 
Yeah, like, he was. Yeah, he's just he's a he's like a, he's like Doctor Mengele. He's like a you know right. Yeah, and he's the leading scientist in brain manipulation in fr- in frogs. <laughs> In frogs. Yes. And basically, he's developed this scene, this machine that performs an electronic cerebrectomy, <laughs> which basically turns your brain to mush, and then Doc Hopper will be able to use Kermit for his commercials. Right, Steve? That's the idea. And while he's describing the machine, this is one of my favorite things in the world. When he's when the professor is laughing maniacally, Charles Durning is laughing too, and he says, "Gee, you have a fun job." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Doc Hopper, true to form, leaves. Right, he's like, "I'll be here later to pick up what's left for the frog." They put for, they put Kermit in the machine. They strap him in, and of course, he's got a glow to Miss Piggy, right? Yeah, and she's like, "Please don't do this," and he's like, "I don't listen to you, pig." And then the line, because some people might think that Miss Piggy's a poor role model. And let's review that for a second, shall we? (laughs) She falls in love with people, and she's dedicated to them, but she won't allow that to prevent her from pursuing her own interests. Exactly. So is that a bad role model? (laughs) Not necessarily. And here comes the next part. You don't ever piss off Miss Piggy or threaten the frog. Because you'll die. (laughs) (laughs) You will pay. He says to her, in a few seconds, he won't know you from kosher bacon. Yes. (laughs) She says, that does it, which is the last thing a lot of people hear when they meet Miss Piggy and insult her to her face. (laughs) She, She breaks free of her bonds. And proceeds to kill everybody. With karate. With karate. (laughs) And my favorite thing is when she whips around, her eyes have gotten twice as large. Yes, she's like God Berserker. Yeah. She kicks everybody's ass. She manages to get Kermit out of the machine and blows, just blows, like, like that. Blows the professor into it, who then gets his memory erased. And she saves him. Yay! Yep. And you're like, oh, they're going to be together forever. But then she somehow gets a phone call, right? <laughs> her agent just knows where to reach her. Yeah, and yeah. she's like, yeah, Bernie, what is it? And he's like, she's like, a commercial? Well, how much? All right, tell him. To, <laughs> what did she say? Tell him to take it she or said, whatever. She said, yeah, take it, yeah. Take it, take it. And she just goes up to Kermit the Frog and goes, bye! <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, priorities, you know, the career has to come first. Oh, well, back onto the road, right? Yeah. Well, her bio doesn't last terribly long, does it, Steve? No. <laughs> because she's sitting on the road and she's hitchhiking. Right. And they pick her up. A la yeah. Myrna Loy. Uh, yeah. A la, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Fozzie picks her up and he's like, no, no, wait. No, that's right. He goes, no, don't pick her up. And they pick her up anyway, right? Right. And she kind of like, come on, you forgive me. And he's like, <laughs> and then the car breaks down. Yeah, they're in the middle of the desert and the car breaks down. And yeah. they're sitting around a campfire and Gonzo sings a song because they, they're all really disappointed. They're not going to make it because the auditions are tomorrow. They're not going to make it, Steve. Right. And Kermit's feeling a little guilty. And he kind of, he you know, sort of tells everybody like, you know, I never promised we were going to make it. Like, mm-hmm. he's feeling a little insecure about how he's kind of let all these people but out But neither here. is anybody doing the cliched, you promised us this, wow, could you betray us? Yeah, nobody's this saying is all that. Him, but... This is all on him. Yeah. So while this is a little cliched, at least we're not doing the whole, where's the gold, Mikey, scene where... Right. 
right, exactly. everybody's like suddenly turns on Kermit because because you know someone something's happening outside now. People are screaming. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we don't get that, but Kermit goes right. off into the desert and has a nice conversation with himself. Yeah, he has a little bit of a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> he, there's another Kermit. Yeah. For, first, he hears his own voice in his head talking to him, and then it, and then it becomes there's a second Kermit sitting there talking to him. Right. Yeah. And he's like, "But they had a dream too. What about your dream?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're right." And he comes back, and he's like, "Oh, we're still stuck in the desert." <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. No, he doesn't. On his way back, he hears what, Steve? Uh, the electric mayhem are there. They're, they've That's jo- right. Everybody's together, and they're jamming. Yeah. And he's like, how did you guys know how to find us? And I'm like, look, we have the script. <laughs> you left us a copy of the screenplay. Yeah, and it says, look, here it says, night, desert. <laughs> we could have helped you at any time. <laughs> but we decided not to. <laughs> Fuck you. Because we were so fucking high. <laughs> It's the unspoken thing about the electric mayhem is that we're fucking loaded. <laughs> All the time. Well, animals lost his mind on LSD years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's why we keep him on a chain. <laughs> Zoot doesn't even remember his name half the time. <laughs> he doesn't remember who he is. He doesn't remember what instrument he plays. <laughs> <laughs> it's all because we had bad experiences in Vietnam. No. <laughs> it gets real quiet. Oh, you know. Hey, the... man, don't bring up Nam. I told you. <laughs> oh, you know that that band has just a super dark backstory. Of course they do. Zoot's doing heroin. <laughs> That's why he's asleep all the That's time. That's why he's always so lethargic. Yes, of course. The last shot of Zoot in this movie is him asleep on a couch oh. at the screening. Oh, man. And poor, no one's doing anything about Zoot. it. Because they've accepted it. They've accepted his addiction and that there's nothing they can do about it. Also, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Were you just a little disappointed to find out that Janice and Floyd were dating? <laughs> <laughs> Janice, come on. Do better than Floyd. I mean, Floyd's cool and all. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. But come on. Anyway, so they save them. They all climb into the magic school bus because they drive around in a, in a bus. In a, yeah. In a bus. Yeah. And they're on their way to Hollywood again. Oh, no, they're getting pulled over by a motorcycle cop, Dave. Uh-oh. And the cop pulls up. And, oh, it's not a cop. It's Max. Yeah. He's, and Max uh, is like, I'm sorry about what's happening. I thought he would just strong arm you a little bit, but now he wants to kill you. Oh, we f- forgot this. Uh, so we're out in the desert, and his henchmen are shooting at targets that look like Kermit the Frog. Because at this point, Doc Hopper <laughs> wants the frog fucking dead. Yeah. And yeah. all of his henchmen are shooting at the frog, but then a guy comes up. And the guy's dressed all in black. And he looks like a character from a, one of the Metal Gear, Gear Solid movies, in fact, uh, uh, games. In yeah. fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns up eventually in Metal Gear Solid 9 or whatever. <laughs> and his name's Snake Walker. Yeah. And they say, what do, you, what do you do, Snake? And what does he say? It's his only line. Oh, what does he say? I forget. Kill frogs. Oh, yeah, he's a, that's, which, <laughs> that's what he does. He's got a gun that shoots little tridents out. A little fork. Yeah. Yeah. It's hilarious. <laughs> Anyway, so Max is telling him about that guy, and they're like, he's gunning for you. And Kermit's like, that's it, I've had enough. You tell him, what's up ahead? And, oh, there's a ghost town up ahead. Great. Perfect. Tell Doc to meet us at the ghost town, and we're going to have this out. 
And Max is like, okay, but he's going to kill the fuck out of you. And they go into the ghost town. There's a horse skeleton standing there that collapses as soon as they come in. They're looking around, and then they meet who, Steve? This is where we, we finally include uh, Dr. Bunsen, Honeydew, and Beaker. Why are they in a ghost town? They, they are living in this ghost town in, I guess, an abandoned saloon, which they have converted into their laboratory for some reason. For and, doing experiments, right? They, yeah, they're just there, like, inventing shit and doing experiments. Right. It's like it's and, like the most shoehorned in character <laughs> introduction of the entire movie. It's like, oh, yeah, they're just here and they're doing experiments. Yeah. And what are these <laughs> things? Oh, there are Instagram pills. Yeah. And he's like, uh-huh. Sure. Unfortunately, the effects are sadly temporary. Hmm. That'll this be important my, later. This has one of my favorite jokes in it. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And what's that, man? It's a four-foot prune. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it's noontime. Doc Hopper shows up and says, come out, frog. Me and you are going to kiss. Fight! We're gonna fight! <laughs> I'm gonna kill you! That's what I'm gonna do! And, of course, Kermit comes out and he's wearing, you know, he's wearing cowboy boots with spurs and a cowboy hat. And you're like, oh shit, Kermit's lost it. He's gonna fucking murder this guy. He's gonna fucking kill him. Oh god! And he comes up. But he doesn't do that, does he, Steve? No, he, he attempts to appeal to Hopper's humanity. That's right. But then, but then at the end he says, but look, if that doesn't mean anything to you, just go ahead and kill me. And what does Hopper say? <laughs> Hopper, he takes a beat to, like he's thinking about it. And then he, um, he turns to his goons and he says, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay, kill him. But then they're saved by Dos X Animal. Yeah. <laughs> who has obviously taken one of the pills because we saw him pawing the bottle earlier. Yeah, yeah. And his gigantic, hor- horrendous head <laughs> pops up out of the top of the building and roars and everybody runs away, right? <laughs> yeah. Animal doesn't immediately run off and start eating people out of the next town over. <laughs> Kidnapping women. <laughs> Animal, no! <laughs> what are you doing? That's a children's hospital. It's not no, for God. eating. Animal, no. Chew it, chew it. <laughs> <laughs> They run away. Yay! They're not dead, right? Right. They get in the bus. They go to Hollywood. They finally make it to Hollywood. They drive past every... They drive past... I was going to say every landmark. They drive past all landmark, the Hollywood sign. Yeah. And don't they drive Maybe. by... They, they, don't they drive by the Chinese theater, too? Drive by yeah. the Chinese theater and some palm trees. Yeah. And then they finally drive up to... What's the name of the motion picture company? Oh. The studio? Is it Monumental Pi- no, Pictures? No, it, it's Worldwide. World, yeah. But it's uh, represented by... A either a producer or director balancing the earth on top of one extended finger. Yes, yes. And um, they get to Lou Lord's office, and there's a receptionist there, played by Cloris Leachman. Yeah. And she's like, you can't go in there. He's very important. And they're like, okay, we'll stand here. And she says, no, you gotta leave because I'm allergic. And they're like, no, we're gonna stay here. And then Kermit turns on a fan, and they start shaking to blow all the dander at her. It's a good thing she doesn't go into anaphylactic shock over this yeah allergies can be serious business that's right don't, don't play wanna... with them like that yeah. kermit yeah kermit anyway she lets them in they they go in and uh there's a big seated figure and it's the kingpin he's gonna get daredevil no it's not <laughs> it's, 
He turns around, and it is the wonderful, wonderful Orson Welles. Yes, and he is selling and wine. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He's, he looks sober for once. He does. Yeah, he, he showed up ready you know, to work to the Muppet movie. Yeah, he did. And, and once again, you realize, Jesus Christ, why are you trying so hard? You have one line of dialogue, and you put so much into this. <laughs> Anyway, so they say, hey, we're like, he just looks them over, doesn't he? Yeah. He just looks them over. He has a little look on his face, and then he presses his intercom and tells his secretary to write up the standard rich and famous contracts. <laughs> yep. Right? And that's the end of Orson Welles in the movie. That's it. Huh? That's all he needed to do. He even sat there to do the over-the-shoulder shot as they pan into Kermit the Frog because he understood what they needed from him from that shot, because unless we haven't gone over it, Orson Welles has been mistreated as far as his reputation yes. goes in Hollywood for a very long He's time. one of the greatest American filmmakers who ever lived. That's right. <laughs> and if the director said, can you sit here for one second because we need to pan into Kermit because this is the moment that his dreams are being realized, he said, of course, just give me a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> So now we cut to a movie studio, and just really quickly, they set up a whole scene that represents their entire journey, right? And they sing yeah. a song about that. Yeah. And then Gonzo knocks the entire set open over, and it's kind of upsetting. Some of these guys are sitting way up high to see these pu Muppets. <sighs> fall with i mean and then things land on top of him it's like i'm pretty sure scooter's dead yeah he oh. should be dead i saw him fall into like the recesses of a canyon and stuff fall on top of him but that's the, not what happens right the death of the original scooter <laughs> no no everything falls over one of the lights explodes so hard <laughs> that it blows a hole in it, the roof it blows a hole in the ceiling right yeah but then yeah, uh, but the the sky clears up and the sun shines yeah. in, and then a real rainbow comes in through the through the hole in the roof. And lands on all of the characters. Lands there. on all of the characters. And then all of the Muppets that have ever been made yeah. are there. Literally, like, characters that were not in the movie at all until this shot. Yeah. Yeah. And they sing the ending of the song, and it goes on and on and on, and then the screen breaks, and Sweetums busts it. Yes. <laughs> He finally made it. He caught up with them. They caught up with them. Because we did have a brief thing where he's looking for them at the county fair and he's still chasing after them. Right, right. He Remember, always he gets there just a little too late. Yeah. The rule of three, everybody. <laughs> the rule of three. And the movie's over. Did we also mention that there was an intermission in there? There oh, was right. an intermission the film breaks. in there. Yeah, yeah. The film breaks because they left the Swedish chef in charge of the film. <laughs> sure, why not? Anyway, but there was a brief intermission right after Piggy left him. We're all sad, and then the film melts, and we're like, ooh. So now we're at the end, and everyone's like, yay, we made a movie. And then they run credits over the Muppets just being Muppets. Yeah, right? they're just, yeah, they're, exactly. They're just hanging out in the theater after the screening, talking to each other, mm -hmm. congratulating each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, poor, poor Zoot is doing heroin in the back. And... <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Someone get him. Someone get him. <laughs> and then uh, Animal ends the show by saying bye-bye, right? Go home. And then passing out for some reason. Yeah, he's had a rough day. Yeah, he does say go home, he go said, home. Go, go home. <laughs> Bye, and then he falls over. The end of movie, right, Steve? End of movie. End of movie. So, Steve. Yes. Tell us how you feel about... This puppet movie that has both enriched and greatly damaged your friend's life. 
please give me your opinions of the Muppet movie. <laughs> Rest easy, my friend, for I liked the film. <laughs> um, so this will be interesting because like, I really, I genuinely, genuinely love this movie. I don't love it mm-hmm. like even a fraction as much as you do, but no. I genuinely love this movie and I have loved the Muppets since I was a little kid. And um, the thing about the movie that, and actually it's weird. We, I just watched this movie last year just for my own entertainment. Just so, to watch it. Yeah. So uh, we watched it again for, for this. And so I had just seen it relatively recently, but even watching it this time, uh, there, I noticed things that I didn't notice before. Um, so the the two main things that I take away from it as as accomplishments of it and things that I think allow it to work as well as it does is first of all, obviously, it's technically just marvelous. I mean, mm-hmm. there there are so many as we, we we talked about a little bit already. There are so many shots in this movie, and and in some cases, not even not just shots, but entire scenes that are so technical and so difficult to get mm-hmm. in the camera and they all look effortless like you you can imagine the pains necessary to do those scenes of of 3 4 5 muppets in the car Mm-hmm. Where not only is the car moving, but all the Muppets are moving and talking to each other at the same time. And you can just imagine how difficult that was to have all those performers hidden away out out of camera view, have the car moving, have them performing. It's just it's it's phenomenal that that they were able to do that. Um, and this stuff about having shots where the entire bodies of the Muppets are visible mm-hmm. again, it's stuff, it does, it all looks so good and, uh, it, and it comes across as, as real. The Muppets feel alive. It, they, yep. it, it comes across as the most natural thing in the world. They don't read as effects or, or as puppets. They read as characters, as people. And and that's that's probably the most important thing about the movie is is that they they genuine and by this point by the time they make the movie all of these performers at least the the, the performers the main performers and the ones performing the main characters have been doing this for years like they're yeah. old they know their characters they know their personalities so you know they they're they're doing something that they're very comfortable with and and performing characters that they know extremely well and it and it shows it comes across incredibly I mean that. That scene, it doesn't maybe seem as important, but that scene that they show while they're rolling the credits at the end, where it's like the Muppets just hanging out, talking, just making chit-chat with each other. They seem like real people. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's an extraordinary accomplishment, both in terms of the technical expertise needed to make that happen and just the performance. Um, Also, the movie is a masterclass at the importance of comic understatement. Mm -hmm. One of the things that makes the Muppets unique and that I think allows the Muppets to be loved by people across a very broad range of ages is that they're not uh, cutesy kids stuff. Kids can obviously enjoy the Muppets. Many people who are our ages have enjoyed the Muppets since they were little kids. Many little kids today enjoy the Muppets. They're they're an Mm all-ages thing. It's suitable for kids. But they're not aimed exclusively at kids. Um, There's a level of, not, not adult in the sense of being adult 
like with you know violence or sexuality but a level of maturity that is there that is yeah. that is alongside the stuff that kids would respond to and, mm-hmm. and and again it all feels natural it doesn't feel like you know unfortunately as as great as i think a lot of the pixar movies are you know yeah. the, the the pixar movies have kind of introduced this this formula for making a kids movie where it's like okay there here's something for the kids here's something for the parents here's something for the kids here's something for the parents and, mm-hmm. and um not in every pixar movie but in that that's sort of become the standard way of doing a a, a a, you know, a family movie so that the parents right. won't get bored. And with the Muppets, it, you don't get that. The Muppets, there's a great unity of everything. Um, mm-hmm. and, and because a lot of the character, a lot of the humor comes from the characters. And a lot of that humor works because it is understated. They don't underline jokes. They don't sell jokes too hard. You know, it, 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 so the jokes don't feel like they're pitched to kids. Like, the, and it, it's yeah. especially important with the meta stuff, like when Kermit, mm-hmm. like the, the running gag bit, when when the the Hare Krishna thing comes up the second time, and Kermit goes, "Oh, great, it's a running gag." That that only works because Kermit sell he underplays it so much. You know, he mm-hmm. does he doesn't go like, "Oh, great, it's a running gag." You know, right. he he says it very very sort of subtly and underplays it, and that's what makes it funny. Um, if you had underlined it, if there had been mugging or like a big goofy pose or he was doing like a really like overwrought, overly dramatic voice, that joke would die. And that's mm-hmm. true of most jokes, but it's also especially true of that kind of self-aware humor. Um, I also I, I have to give the movie credit as a musical. Um, as regular listeners to our show will know, musicals are not my favorite genre nope. <laughs> of anything. But the songs in this movie work for me. They're they're entertaining. They're funny. They're short. They're yeah. They don't they don't wear out their welcome when mm-hmm. the when the song that accompanies the beginning of their road trip that I will not name the specific title of. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> when that song starts. Um, I always think that I'm not going to like it because I always think like, oh, here we go. Here comes the musical bit. You know what I mean? But and by the end, you're singing along with yeah, it. Yeah, by halfway through, it's like because it has jokes. It has a story. There's a, there's a, mm. a, there's a gimmick to it, you know, and it, and it works. It pulls you along. You know, Miss Piggy's song is is hilarious and the visuals the the montage that goes along with it is just mm-hmm. it's really really funny uh so it works on that level too and you know the the muppets just generally are they're they're just ideal comedy characters because the, yes there's a lot of corny jokes there's a lot of puns there's a lot of setup and punchline uh, but all of that works because of the delivery, and that's not the only source of humor. The Muppets themselves are just funny. They're funny characters. Miss Piggy does things that are funny because she's funny. Kermit does things that are funny because he's funny. If somebody else did the same things, it wouldn't be as funny. Uh, nope. The characters and the personalities drive the laughs. So They that- do something that I do when I do my show. If the joke is wrong for the character, I'll give it to another character. If it's feasible exactly. within the script, yeah, exactly. There are certain personalities that if you if you just if you can dial in if you if you know you do it too on your stuff. Yeah, when I do my stuffed animal videos, um, yeah. very much so. I I depend on that. If that wasn't if that wasn't possible, my <laughs> shit would not be funny at all. You you know the character, you know their voice, you know their point of view, and it's like I just I know how to make this funny, and it'll be funny. It'll be funny because this character is doing it, and I 
And if uh-huh. any other character did it, it wouldn't work as well. Um, if if I had the closest thing to a major criticism I have is that the celebrity cameos are kind of a mixed bag. Uh, Steve Martin obviously is hilarious, is yeah. one of the best parts of the movie. Richard Pryor, I already talked about. I think it has of this of single moment laughs is maybe my favorite in the whole movie. Mel Brooks is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Carol Kane's running gag is is really funny. Um, Madeline Kahn and Telly Savalas's moment, but some of them don't like the the Bob Hope thing doesn't really work for me. He's just kind of there. It's just like oh, they wanted Bob Hope in the movie. Well, you know, you they know? had some of the older comedians like Charlie McCarthy, right? Uh, like. The only one that they gave anything to was Milty. Right, right. Milty played a character. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and he, yeah. I mean, his scene was was okay. You know, I, I wouldn't call it a highlight of the movie, but you know, I mean, at least as far as his performance, like he was fine. Yeah. I'm yeah. not. I'm not necessarily the hugest Milton Berle fan to begin with. Like, I don't think. Nah. I don't think he's like the worst, but I don't think. I, no. I, I'm not like oh Milton Berle. You know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But and yeah, Edgar. I mean, obviously, it's a little unfair to single out Edgar Bergen because he did literally die shortly after shooting his scene. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, when to look at him, it's not really a surprise. He doesn't seem like he's. <laughs> doing that well um but yeah so so Wait, which one's the puppet again exactly so you know some of the cameos some of the cameos are fantastic some of them feel like it's just oh we let's you know i mean it's having having edgar bergen and charlie mccarthy in the movie is great symbolically yeah. and i'm sure it was important to henson uh it was very important to henson. yeah but they don't you know it's just sort of like oh and the, oh charlie mccarthy's in the movie isn't that nice you know there's not really anything there other than that mm-hmm. um that's probably my biggest gripe about the movie and that's not nearly a big enough gripe for me, you know, nah, to not the recommend cameos it. Are like, short. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And cameos are short. And so overall overall it's 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 funny, it's sweet, without being saccharine, uh it's technically very accomplished and to this day i it's it's the first muppet movie and for me personally it's probably still my favorite uh, of all the muppet movies i, I like some of the other ones i like some of the caper ones caper is my favorite yeah caper, caper is my favorite caper is really good some of some of the, the ones, running gag in in caper that Fozzie bear oh my god that Fozzie bear and kermit <laughs> the frog are twin brothers <laughs> is one of the funniest fucking things yeah. in the world because people get them mixed up. And then Jack Warden has this great... I don't care if it's, this is another movie. Where he says, I'm doing this as a favor to your father. And they have a picture of his father who looks like a bizarre mixture of Fozzie Bear and Kermit the Frog. It's like Fozzie's body with Kermit's eyes. It's just... Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot we'll of do the, that. We'll do that movie eventually. The sort, yeah. yeah, the sort of like the first, the the first generation Muppet movies, the ones that were the direct sequels to this one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think all of them are pretty good, but uh, but this one is, I think, is still my favorite. And yeah, so highest recommendation for me. I really, really love the Muppet movie, and I love the Muppets in general. Okay, time for me to unpack. Do it. So I'm only half joking about the impact that this movie had on me as a, as a kid. I already knew, for the most part, that uh, humor was going to be my thing from the age of five. Um, I had not yet started even looking into acting, which is what took over by the time I had hit middle school by sixth grade. But I had puppets. Puppets, that was the thing. It started with The Muppet (laughs) Show, but this movie, just for whatever reason, the realization that you can put something on your hand and that when you talk to people, they look at the puppet, is so so amazing to watch. Humans can't not do it. And so I fell in love with The Muppets with this movie because I went to it with my dad. He laughed at it. I laughed at it. The whole audience was laughing at it. And I enjoyed the movie 
movie thoroughly. I started researching the Muppets and how they were made and how I could make one at home. And I destroyed, I don't know how much foam and how many <laughs> fucking things I destroyed making, making, trying to make my own Muppets. And it's always trial and error and it's, you never know what you're going to get. But this has been something that has followed me through to adulthood 40 years now for me. Yeah. And the, and these fucking Muppets. But <clears throat> aside from the impact that it had on me as a little kid, what is, what's great about it as a movie? Because I'm not going to tell you it's not good. Because it is good. It's a fantastic movie. What the Muppets do is satirize popular culture. They satirize specifically movie genres and cliches, right? They took the cliches of someone who wants to make it big in Hollywood, they put it directly in this film, and they did it in a way that we understood that they knew that they were hitting all of these plot beats because they say it out loud to the audience, right? (laughs) Yep. They mention it out loud. Despite the fact that they're constantly breaking the fourth wall, we still wind up becoming engaged, and we kind of want to make sure that they can make it to get to Hollywood to make all their dreams come true. We're a little sad that Gonzo's sad when he's looking up at the sky and singing. Yeah. We feel for Kermit, because... Not liking Kermit the Frog, I think, is next to impossible. I can't think of anybody who is I have ever met that said, I fucking hate Kermit the Frog. <laughs> no, how could you? And that, and I think this is one of the things... There's a lot of iconic characters out there that people say they love. Mickey Mouse. I don't like Mickey Mouse. Want to know why? Because I've never seen Mickey Mouse get frustrated or pissed off. Yeah, that's where everybody loves but Donald. I've seen I've seen Kermit get frustrated and pissed off. <laughs> I've seen him trying to manage the Muppet Show for two years prior to this movie coming out. <laughs> and he's he's frustrated and pissed off most of the time. And that's one of the reasons why we can relate to Kermit and why we can relate to a lot of these characters and why you feel bad for Fozzie Bear when he's getting shit thrown at him and why you don't want Doc Hopper to kill Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Puppetry is one of the simplest illusions that we have in our magic trick, in our bag of magic, magic tricks. Take this thing that isn't alive and get people to react to it as if it is. Cartoons is, our, is another one. You try to tell me that Bugs Bunny isn't alive and I'll punch you around the face. Try to tell me that Daffy Duck isn't a real person. I don't believe you. But he doesn't exist in real life. Right. It's an illusion. And that's what this is. It pulls off that illusion perfectly. This also did something that I don't think very many people realize. And that was it took a lot of really bad corny jokes and joke tropes such as the running gag, played them straight, and got people to laugh at it. Guess who did the same fucking thing a year later? Ah, yeah. I was going... I was wondering if you were going to say that. It's absolutely right. Airplane did the same goddamn thing. (laughs) Took a movie genre, satirized it, and filled it with some of the corniest goddamn jokes you've ever heard in your life. And people laugh. I still laugh at it. It's still one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. This is where this whole thing started. And I can't help but notice that the Muppets were doing it before they were. They were doing it on the Muppet Show, and they brought they brought that over directly into the Muppet movie. Yep. The Muppet movie is better than the Muppet Show because we get to spend more time with the characters. And this was also the proving ground to say, wow, I can spend an hour and a half with these characters, and they don't become annoying, and I don't wind up hating them. <laughs> this, move, this movie went through a lot of scripts. They worked on it really, really hard. They they tightened it up. They made it an hour and a half, and they put it out there. And they just wanted to see if they then none of them were anticipating making any 
money, not even the guy that bankrolled it. But they made money, didn't they, Steve? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> and now everybody knows who Kermit the Frog is. So, what's great about the movie? It's well-paced. It moves quickly. You go, An hour and a half blows by while you're watching it. I've seen this movie, I don't know, about 5,000 times, not counting the constant loop that it runs in my head. So, it's kind of like, I've seen this movie a lot and I still laugh at it and one of the better parts about it is is that now I'm laughing at things that I didn't notice all the other times that I watched it. Laughed at it as a 10-year-old, laughed at it as a 20-year-old, laughed at it as a 30-year-old. I'm now 50. I watched it again, and I laughed at a whole bunch of brand new shit that I just think is funny because I did not realize how deep of how <laughs> deeply they were satirizing tropes. Yeah. When they go, when they find Bunsen Honeydew and him out in the middle of nowhere, it's like, Jesus, guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason for them to meet any of these characters where they meet them. They meet the rock band in a church. Yep. They meet Miss Piggy at a beauty contest. <laughs> the other reason why the Muppet movies work and why there were I had some problems with The Muppets, which was the movie that came out in 20, 2011. Yeah. Nobody, nobody acted as if, look at this weird thing that's happening around us, right? No one comments on what whatever the fuck Gonzo is. <laughs> Richard Pryor doesn't go, whoa, what are you? And then has a little freak out. You're right. No one does the Howard the Duck. It's a duck, man. No one goes, look at that pig talking. <laughs> the most we get is Max going, oh, look at that little guy. That's it. Yeah. Because he's seen a frog ride a bicycle. Not because the frog's talking and singing, <laughs> but because he sees a frog riding a bicycle. The world is created in such a way that they are part of that world. Right. Is it our world? Nope. Do I want it to be? What do you fucking think? Of course. <laughs> if a dimensional portal opened yesterday, I'd say, bye-bye, Steve. And I'd just jump through it. <laughs> I'm going to be with the Muppets. Praying that I pop out the other side as a Muppet. <laughs> Muppet, Jason. <laughs> But, I mean, that's one of the things is that they kind of create this world and they say, okay, everybody, that's a pig, that's a bear, that's a dog. It doesn't matter if they don't look like it. Whatever the fuck Dr. Teeth are, Zood is blue. But is he a <laughs> blue person? Doesn't matter Who in cares? this world. Who cares? <laughs> Dr. Teeth is green. His, his nose is bright red. He looks like a hallucination that escaped from from the fucking Yellow Submarine movie. And no one comments on that either. <laughs> consistency, right? Mm. They would have wasted so much time getting people's reactions to the talking dog, the talking bear, or the talking... How much different would that waiter scene have been if we had to go through that shit time after time after time with Steve Martin? Instead of Steve Martin just being a dick, yeah. he would have been like, whoa, a pig and a bear, a pig and a frog. Are you guys fucking? What's going on? <laughs> There's nobody looking at a bottle of hooch, seeing the Muppets, and then throwing the hooch over their <laughs> right, shoulder. exactly. It's none of that shit. We accept that they're accepted in the movie, and guess what happens? The audience accepts it. We drop those questions because no one's asking those questions in the film so that they can tell the story that they want to talk about with all this other, without all the other excess baggage trying to explain what the Muppets are. Right, Steve? Right, exactly. So I love this movie. <laughs> I do want, I do have to say this. It's very difficult for me to watch this movie 
without being very observant of the puppetry that's taking place in the film because puppetry is important to me and I'm a puppeteer. And so it's a little bit like watching a movie about a chef and you're a professional chef and you're going, oh, they did that wrong and they did this wrong and they did that thing wrong. (laughs) With me, I'm watching and going, how in the fuck are they doing that? I've been a puppeteer for a long time and I still don't understand the illusion with a puppet. I still don't. It happens to me. I put a puppet on my arm and that becomes another character that I can interact with. Yeah. I do it all the time. And I separate, it's like I cleave part of my brain out and that's now that over there, which is me, but not me. It's why I'm insane is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) So recommend or not recommend? Oh, very much recommend. And classic forever and all time, right, Steve? Classic, classic, classic. 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 Don't remake this bitch. Please. I'm telling you right now. I know everyone's looking at Brian Henson waiting for him to die. You fuckers, don't you dare. Disney, looking at you. (laughs) You Stop it. (laughs) We don't need a soft reboot. Leave him alone. All right, so, hey, Steve, yeah. do you have a movie that you would like to not recommend now that we've watched a good movie? I, I do have a movie I would like to not recommend. Okay, go for it. This is a, a relatively recent movie, and it is a movie that was so poorly reviewed and did so badly at the box office that I'm quite certain if you and I are still doing this show in 10 years, we will do this this movie for an episode of this very podcast. Oh, shit. I'm scared now. Um, well, I'll narrow it down for you. Everything I just said, and yes, it's a puppet movie. Oh no, no! <sighs> Why did you watch that? <sighs> just you know, we make choices in our lives. We do, we, and you should consult your puppet friend we make, we, before you make bad ones. We sometimes make choices that aren't the best thing. So. The movie I am not recommending so that anyone listening can avoid making the same choice. It's a movie from last year. It is actually directed by Brian Henson. Uh, Not one of the shining entries on his resume. No. (laughs) And it is called The Happy Time Murders. And this is a movie that is premised on the idea that puppets acting like regular people and being really crude and vulgar and sexual and violent is inherently funny. It's not. Well, it is for like five minutes. (laughs) And then then once the shock wears off, you you, you start looking for more. And unfortunately, the the Happy Timer doesn't have a lot more to offer than that. Actually, here's a great uh, here's a great great solution if you if you watch the trailer for this uh and you think oh that looks funny what you need to do is is go on netflix and find the puppet episode of angel yes do that and just watch that because it's half as long (laughs) it's half as long as this movie and it's a million times better it is. Um, it's incredibly funny, and it's brilliant, and it's one of the best episodes of that show. And it does what this movie tries to do, you know, by by doing like puppet based gags and like, oh, but they're like real people, ha ha ha. And it actually makes it work in a funny way. This movie, it 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 has the idea that well, if puppets act like regular people and they have drug problems and they have sex and you know they kill each other and they're grizzled, you know, like mm-hmm. broken down police detective, like that'll be funny, right? No, not necessarily. Hey, if you guys want puppets that have real problems like that, there's a little YouTube show that never took off called Opinionville. Which also handles these same kind of problems in a much better way. (laughs) <laughs> and makes it a lot funnier than this than this movie does. And it's Because even though they're puppets, they need to be character first. Exactly. You need they need to be funny. 
It can't just be like, oh, isn't it funny? Wouldn't it be funny if a puppet did that? Whoa. They also need to be not puppets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the, I mean, they're puppets, but they need to be not puppets in whatever you're making. They need, yeah, exactly. They need to be characters. And so, yeah, I mean, the movie, it has a great cast. Melissa McCarthy is in it, uh, directed by Brian Henson. A lot of the Muppet performers are in it. Bill Beretta, who I mentioned earlier, who he performs uh, Bobo the Bear, who I said way back at the yep. beginning is one of my favorite Muppets. He is the major, he's the main puppet character in this. He's a fantastic right. performer, but this is just not a good good movie no <laughs> um so yeah that is the that is the not recommendation after the muppet movie if, if you are uh taken with the magic of the muppets and you know go just yeah watch watch one of the other muppet movies do not watch the happy time murders uh trust me it is it's not it's just not something that that you want to do yeah yeah my turn please okay so the year is 1979 and I'm going to tell you guys not to see a little particular movie that came out. It's also a comedy. Ooh. It's also a satire oh, based boy. on American culture. But it's not funny, and it goes on way too long. It's like someone took a ten-minute skit and then stretched it to two hours. The movie that I'm going to tell you guys not to see is a little movie called Americathon. Ooh. Have you ever heard of that movie, Steve? I've heard of it, I think, but I've never seen it. Good for you. Yeah. It stars John Ritter and Harvey Corman and... Fred Willard and George Carlin's the narrator and Jay Leno's in it. Oh, well, you won't have to worry it, about me seeing it. it. It's a movie that takes place in the far-flung future of 1998. <gasps> and there's no more oil. And and everyone lives in their cars. Oh. And everyone has to ride bikes and stuff. And the, America's going bankrupt. And they have to do a telethon to raise money. And it's not funny. And I hate it. <laughs> Don't see it. I doubt you ever will have a chance. I don't think you're going to be seeing it on your cable menus anytime soon. <laughs> I, I think you'd actually really have to search to find a copy of it. But I, I saw it, I think, when I was in, in high school. And I even then I thought it was just boring and dumb. For a comedy, it really doesn't get anything right. Usually John Ritter's pretty funny. He plays the president of the United States. He's not. Nobody's funny. I, it takes a lot. <laughs> Harvey Corman has to work really hard not to be funny. And he's not funny in this wow so don't see it americathon hey steve yeah oh yeah it's time for you to make a terrible oh, choice oh boy okay i'm ready okay well i'm throwing you a curveball steve oh, oh okay oh man a okay b okay. or c oh man that's right three choices wow three choices steve. this is even a, more heartless. b or c you know what? I'm See, what Steve's doing is he's selecting the next movie that we're going to watch so that you guys can know what it is so you can get all the jokes. That's right. And I have no idea what is behind any of these a, doors. B or C. Yes. Okay. That's right. Okay. So I'm going to do what I always used to do in high school when I was taking a test and I didn't know what the answer right. was. And I'm going to choose okay. C. <gasps> okay, Steve. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no. Oh, Steve. oh God in heaven. Why? Why did I choose C? Okay. What is it? Just tell, tell us. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Why did you? Why did you do C, Steve? You, you, you introduced. You've never had a C before. Of course, I want to see what I, C is. I should have switched them up. Uh, okay. 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 Had it's you fine. chosen A? Had you chosen A, we would have watched High Noon. Oh, okay. That would have been the next movie that we were to review, but you didn't no, choose A. I didn't. Oh, man. Had you chose B, we would have reviewed Rocky. <gasps> oh. But 
Wow. You didn't choose B. Oh, man. Okay. You well, let's... chose C. C. Which falls into the category of movie that I think more people know about by reputation and name than have actually watched the movie. Okay. The next movie that we're going to review is a science fiction film from the 1970s. Okay. Starring Sean Connery. <sighs> And nobody else of note, the movie we're going to review is Zardoz. Ah, boy. All right. You sure know how to pick them, don't you? It's all right. This is going to be fine. This is going to be... It's, it's not going to be It's going to be fine. okay. We're going to get through this. It's not going to be okay. There's rape in it. We're going to get through this. He wears a diaper. He does. He does. <laughs> He does. There's a giant head that spits out guns and tells everybody that the penis is bad. Yeah, there is. That's very true. There is. (sighs) (laughs) So if you want to get all the jokes, (laughs) rush out and rent yourself a copy of Zardoz. You're welcome. Guess I should probably spell it. It's Z-A-R-D-O-Z. And that's it! <laughs> Yay! We made it to the end Yay. of another episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. For Late Seating, this has been Jason Harding. And go see a movie this week. And this has been Steve Shives. And now that we're done with the show, I'm going to do my usual post-show routine. I'll tell you what I do. I finish work. I go home, read a book, have a couple of beers, take myself for a walk, and go to bed. You put a leash on? Well, yeah. My, you yeah. put a leash on and, well, there, there's, and then you lead yourself? There's a leash law, and, yeah. And then if you stop at a tree and sniff it for too long, you literally yank yourself Dr- yeah, 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 away yeah, like, from the tree? Exactly, yeah. Okay, great. And then you what? Do you crap in a neighbor's yard and then pee on, mark every tree to let the other dogs know that you live in that town and how, what your health is? Steve, huh? I've become afraid for you now because you've just described something really terrifying. What, what I like to do is, if, if I can make it, I like to go to the playground at the elementary school and do it there. <laughs> Crap or pee? Both. I hold it. You know, great. I'll wait till I get there. Yeah. Great, yeah. great. Can, I know you have a rule about this, uh-huh. so we can wait until we turn off okay. the recording. Sure. Can you get your wife for me, please? Oh. <laughs> just... Just real quick. I just need to... What are you going to... I need you to leave, and I need to talk to her just for a little gonna, bit, okay? What are you going to talk to her about? I, I know you, this has been a... This whole episode's been a splaying open huh? of all of my mental problems. Sure. But I at least keep my fluids to myself, and I don't know if she knows you're doing that. So I need to talk to her. She likes that... And if she's... What? She likes, she what? She likes that I get some exercise, that's all. Great. She, that's Did all she needs to know. I gotta know if you keep the leash in your pocket until you're outside. Oh, yeah, of course. I don't want to confuse you. Oh, it. really? I, I need to talk to her right now. Oh, no, yeah, definitely. On. No, no, no. We'll stop the show. It's okay. Say bye to everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye, everybody. I'm serious. Get her. Now, please. Please, Steve. Honey. It's just for you. <laughs> Honey. Jason wants to talk to you. Late Seating is a Let Me Listen podcast production featuring Steve Shives and Jason Harding. Produced by Jason Harding. Theme music, Rollin' at Five, composed and performed by Kevin McLeod. You can find more Let Me Listen podcast productions at our website at www.letmelistenpodcast.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, iTunes, or just about anywhere you download podcasts. Late Seating is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support Late Seating or any of the other Let Me Listen productions for as little as $1 a month, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Let Me Listen. And thanks for listening.